0: You're listening to Lame Radio, the hottest show this side of Diesel!
1: For docking. Chief of Operations to the Engineering Lounge. Chief of Operations to the Engineering Lounge. Welcome to another writer's interview for Lave Radio, and joining me today is T James. Welcome. Thank you, John. And uh, you're going to talk to us today about your book, which is Out of Darkness. First of all, can you give us a bit of background about yourself?
0: I'm fairly mature, now in my 40s. I've been to two universities, uh, done a degree in occupational therapy and mixed science. And I have a lovely boy who's six at the moment, who keeps me on my toes along with my wife. And I'm living in South Yorkshire in the UK.
1: To be fair, you don't sound old, so um, you know you, you must be doing quite well.
0: It's good to know the wrinkles haven't got into my voice. So, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So My, um, my hairline, unfortunately, is retreating at a fair rate of knots. Oh, mate, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So, um, earliest Elite memories, I mean, what was the first Elite game you played?
0: I played the original BBC Model B version uh, back in, uh, I think it was 1982, 83 it was released. Um, so we had, I think it was 16 spaceships, all wireframe, black and white graphics and the four-colour ship HUD display at the bottom. There was nothing else like it at the time. So that's that's how I first came into the Elite Dangerous universe.
1: Okay. Did you play any of the other games? Did you play Frontier at all?
0: I looked at them. I did play them a bit. I found when I loaded Frontier on, it was very full of bugs. I gave it a, I gave it a try for several weeks, and I missed two things. One was the reliability of the original game. Even though I could load it off a tape player from the middle, Model B, it was still more reliable than the PC version that loaded off a disc. And I missed also the flight dynamics from the original game. It was fun to fly the original ships. I liked Frontier. I liked the exploration. I liked the sense of... The expansive universe, the fact you could go anywhere, and obviously the graphics were quite a jump from the original BBC version. But I didn't get on with the fact that every time I activated my docking computer, I slammed into the side of a planet. And uh, you know, after you've spent sort of half an hour battling your way through pirates with a, a valuable cargo, to see your game kind of just dumped out without being able to save was it pretty much killed the enjoyment after a few weeks, unfortunately.
1: No, yeah, it was pretty buggy first encounters, wasn't it? So, I mean, have you played any other space sim games? You know, have you been on the hunt for something to kind of rekindle that kind of emotion that Elite gave you?
0: Very much for decades, yeah. I was looking I was looking regularly for uh, Elite games into my mid-twenties after I played it, you know, in my early teens. Um, I, I found the X series, which was very good. Very good economics, very good sort of simulation of that side of things and obviously in some ways it went a lot further than the Elite franchise is going even under Elite Dangerous but I, the actual again the ship handling for me just wasn't quite there it didn't feel as visceral as the first game did even though it, the first game was you 1982-83 know, the X-series never quite captured that for me I've always been on the lookout for a replacement to Elite, but never found it. There was one game where the flight dynamics were as good, but unfortunately I can't remember what it was called. It came out uh, late 80s, I think, and I got it on a one of these budget game sites. I played it about three or four years ago, and the flight dynamics of so that were superb, but there was no trading in it, there was no... Uh, background or expansive universe, which the elite had. So I've never found a whole elite package rolled into one game, which I uh, so I'm still looking for that, and very much hoping Elite Dangerous is going to be what I've been looking for all these years.
1: By the sounds of how things are going to be handled in Elite Dangerous, you know that the flight model is is probably more you know like the spiritual successor to the original Elite than the Newtonian physics of of the the second two. You know, how did you hear about uh, the Elite Kickstarter?
0: I'd pretty much given up looking, I have to be honest. I know some of the diehard fans may sort of want to crucify me for that, but by, you know, sort of, we'd, we'd gone in past the year 2000 and 2010 and still there was no sign of anything. I'd been watching the sort of often on the elite. Uh, for web page. Oh yes, it's going to be released this year, and then this year, and then it never came. So I pretty much given up looking. And it was my brother who actually found it on the Kickstarter and said, "Have you seen this? You know, they're bringing out, you know, Elite Four. It's coming out. They're, they're actually doing it." And so I checked out the Kickstarter and was uh, was very pleased to see. You know, it's still the original team. It was David Braben and the Frontier guys, and they were actually giving it a serious go. And this thing could actually become a reality. So suddenly, I found my boyish enthusiasm kind of bouncing back again, and. I, you know, I, I pledged pretty much straight away. Then as I, you know, I kept coming back to the, the Kickstarter to see, and I think it was my brother again, he said, have you seen the pledge reward that's one up for a writer's pack? Because he obviously, you knew I was sort of uh, into the writing side of things. And I looked at it and then I looked at the cost and then my jaw hit the floor and I thought, I just can't do that. You know, it's just, there's no way that's going to happen um and then obviously as pretty much every other writer has said Drew Wagar came into the mix and um despite getting some negative press from around the web uh, had the courage to go for a, a kickstarter to fund a kickstarter and uh, from there, the rest is history. You know, I followed his for a bit, and um, my my main feeling was that he was, you know, he was he was putting together such a good package. You know, he was he did very well on the PR side of things with all the videos and the, the podcasts and the, the blog posts and everything else. You know, he looked his came together really quickly. But the question was, you know, would people fund a second writer or a third writer who had the same idea? Because I I thought, well, if he can do it, then maybe I can give it a try too. But while I was putting together my Kickstarter. I think another two writers came on board, you know, in, in that short space of time. So that was the question, you know, would the elite community get behind more than, more than just Drew um, and fund, you know, people and uh, generously they did. So here we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, that must have been a bit scary for you seeing other writers coming on board and then you thought, you know, did you worry that you wouldn't make it or that you were maybe a bit too late to the scene?
0: Very much so, yeah, because I think Commander Boz had been before me. I think, I can't remember who it was, but another writer came on literally as I was posting my my Kickstarter within a day day or two. And then suddenly, you know, within a week, uh, there were another two or three coming up between kickstarter and indiegogo so there was a a real flurry Um, and mine was i was just putting on mine for two weeks um or just two and a half weeks before christmas uh, because i thought well it's it's enough time i'll know by then if you know if people are going to get behind it and it was a slow start you know for the first week or two you know the graph was creeping up but at a steady rate and then i guess about maybe 10 15 days in it suddenly started to go up quite quickly and it it began to feel real again because I I'd, I'd almost dismissed it, but when I was about halfway through,
1: because personally I think that if somebody did come along with another Kickstarter now, it'd probably get funded. It's it's it's. I mean, looking at Alan Stroud, I mean he he did his much later than everyone else, and he was probably quite. I think. Well, I know he was concerned whether you know the interest would be there now that um, Elite Dangerous had already been funded and everyone had gone away. But to be fair, uh, you know they picked up, and I think that if someone had the right idea now, they could probably. Get it done. So you know what was your experience of the actual Elite Dangerous Kickstarter? I mean, how it worked out for that would ultimately affect you. I mean, given that if Elite Dangerous didn't get funded, then you w- you'd have had to have cancelled your project, I guess.
0: Well, the writers' packs were still going to be issued by Frontier. So although the game wouldn't have been published, we would still have had the rights to publish an Elite book. And I would thought that through as the project started because it was a risk, and I decided that I was going to go ahead anyway and write the book, even if the game hadn't been published Obviously, Obviously my expected readership would have been a lot lower. But I thought, you know, having having decided to write the book and, and kind of committed to it, I I kind of wanted to push through. So I was going to write the book whichever way it went. But in terms of actually wanting to see the game come out and wanting to see you know my personal Kickstarter be successful, it was very much an emotional roller coaster. You know, it was dragging and then it was going fast and it was dragging again and it was it was it seemed to be up and down almost every day.
1: Recently as well, I mean, because Elite Dangerous did get funded and, and now there's a lot of publicity surrounding it. You know, some of of these writers have picked up publishers. You know, how do you feel about that?
0: I I did think about it. I mean, I I don't know. It's fantastic books has been the main one. I think they went with Drew and uh, John Harper. Um, I did look at them, and I I wasn't sure whether a publishing house was right for me for this particular project. I'm not necessarily close to the idea. Um, I'm still thinking it through. I'm probably going to go the self published route.
1: So the title of the book, what made you uh, go with that?
0: It, to be honest, the title just popped into my head. It was one of those ones where you kind of think, okay, yeah, I can use that. It was also a nice open title. When, I started the, when the Kickstarter began back in December, January, I didn't have a plot or even an idea for a plot. That carried on pretty much through till March, April, um, when I started to discuss um, options with Frontier and, and you know, what could be possible... For me, thinking up a plot and things often happens on the fly, writers call it being a pantser, which means you write by the seat of your pants, get inspiration as you go. I knew I, didn't, I was confident I could come up with something. Originally in the Kickstarter, I I'd, I'd promised a novella as a minimum, so you sort of 25,000, 30,000 words. I was confident I could do that in a year. But I thought Out of the Darkness was such a broad title that I could turn a wide range of plots to fit
1: and I suppose you're quite lucky that uh, the latest Star Trek film changed their title slightly, so that it didn't, you know, collide with yours.
0: It could have been. It could have been worse. I was also unlucky as well. When I saw it, I thought everyone's going to assume I'm just riffing off the Star Trek <laughs> movie.
1: So, I mean, it wasn't. I came up with it about
0: probably about two weeks before I saw the um, the ad, the online adverts of the film. When I saw it, I just went, "Oh, great! That's brilliant. Thanks, guys." You know. But, you know, obviously by that time the Kickstarter was up and it was all set in stone, so what can you do?
1: Well, if you just look at it as maybe free publicity, who knows? Yeah, I'll take it as that, yes. Hopefully we'll get
0: some people reading the book when I've finished it.
1: Great. So uh, you got funded in the end. You didn't just scrape over. I think you You got over 6,000, over 5,000 gold, didn't you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yes, we did. Yeah, so enough that I was able to. Um, I can look seriously look into getting some copy editing and proofreading done, uh, which is what I plan to do before March. So that's where the extra money is going to go.
1: Great stuff. So, what can we expect from the book? I mean, are you able to actually reveal any kind of plot or at least a synopsis or something?
0: I'll give it a go. It's uh, basically it's, it's a mixed genre, so it's got sort of mystery elements. Sort of, de- there's a, a detective story that goes through the first three quarters of the book. It becomes more I guess you call it action orientated towards the end around the climax there's three main characters uh, Moira Dolan who is a, a security guard working for a private corporation details will be finalized when here. there's also a computer geek um, I'm not fully disaffixed his name yet there's uh, Janine, who is a, a biologist, who again is, I won't tell you that as a spoiler, but the three main characters. It's the story of how they are drawn into uh, a mystery that ca- takes them sort of into the well outside of explored space, into the depths of the universe, and they have to face uh, and derail a threat that could potentially jeopardise the entire peace balance between the three, between the Federation and the Imperials and the, the Allied powers. So it's the story of how they derail that or not, as the case may be.
1: So it's quite it's quite a grand story in that respect that, you know, it could have massive implications on lore, I guess. You know, and, and I like the fact that it's, it's this kind of cross genre because it's nice to have a bit of mystery. I'm a big fan of mysteries myself, so um, I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye out for that one. What do you think is going to set this story apart from, you know, maybe all the other ones? I
0: mean, it's very difficult to tell exactly because I've not read any proofs of um, John's or Drew's or Alan's or. But from what I'm, what I'm kind of uh, divining between the blog posts, it's. I suppose mine's a partnering of a very narrow focus between the triad of the three main characters and watching them sort of bumbling their way through to the ending, combining that with a sort of an, an epic sort of backdrop is what I what I wanted to write. How that much that reflects the tone of the others, I don't know. In some ways, I mean I've already put on my blog that my story involves the, the Thargoids. So that's that's a differentiator. The other stories, as far as I can tell, have set their characters, their settings, very much within human space um, and the interplays between the different factions. That's especially true of Alan's and Drew's. John's I'm a little bit less sure of. He's mentioned he's got a mysterious Thargoid base I think he put on one of his blog posts. So exactly what his entails I'm not quite sure but I think it's more of a difference in emphasis than anything else I wanted to write something that wasn't just going to be a guy in a Cobra Mark III spaceship trading and battling pirates because I know that's going to be done and done very well by some of the other writers so I wanted a twist and I can't say too much, but the Robert Holdstock book was the was the springboard for that. Uh, I found something in there that I thought I can use. And that's I saw Chase Frontier with the idea. Um, they shot, I think it was two or three of them down before I, they, I found something that they would be happy for me to write about. That's been the main difficulty writing the book It's because I wanted to do something epic. I wanted to do something where the stakes were high and could potentially affect not just one planet or one system, but the whole of human space that obviously that puts me in conflict with an ongoing game universe where those are the things that Frontier want to fill in over the next 6 months 12 months, 18 months so we had to try and find a niche that I could write in that would give me that feel that you know, that kind of encompassing feel but not tread on Frontier's toes too much so that's why I was a little slower starting writing my earlier drafts than say Drew or John were
1: You're on the final furlong now you've finished your first draft haven't you?
0: That's right. Yeah, the story's pretty much nailed down. I think, obviously, depending on the feedback I get from um, Frontier and, and Beta readers.
1: Oh, great! So, given that um, you know you're nearly there, Editing. barring any massive disasters, you know, looking back, were there any major sticking points that you know gave you problems apart from you know Frontier? Um,
0: I have to say, Frontier have actually been very accommodating. I don't want to give the wrong impression.
1: It was they were they
0: weren't putting any blocks in place. Um, you know willfully or anything it was just kind of if you're going to want to go there then we've already got plans for that so you can't it was more that kind of thing so we were kind of just trying to mesh creative visions but as far as blocks from this writing story there were several points where I got to a scene or a turning point in the plot and I kind of had to take a couple of days off while I let my brain my subconscious catch up and I could sort of I could see where the story needed to go next Um, I envy writers like Drew who plot the whole thing out and outline it and they you know they can pretty much write scene by scene and 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 follow through the list that they've done that must give them a sense of security to know they've got a story in place i didn't know i had a complete story until three days ago when i actually finished the final scene so it, it made writing interesting
1: Alan mentioned that you know some of the writers were trying to get together and kind of have some common elements within the different stories. You know, is that something that you've taken advantage of?
0: I've got an unusual method of writing, I think, compared to some people. Is I tend to write in layers. So what I've done is I've I've written a a very much bare minimum story. uh, You know, sort of fairly low on description, fairly low on detail. So what I will do is, is as I go back and edit, I will I will put additional layers on the top of. That foundation, and I, I hope to incorporate some details from other people's stories. But I very much look for a natural fit. You know, I won't, I won't bend the conversation to get a detail in. But if, if someone would drop it into conversation as we would, you know, like we're talking now, then obviously I will use that detail, and it will, it will link in with the books, and that that will be great. So that I, I will, I will aim to do it where it fits naturally. And if it doesn't fit naturally, then I, will, I will have to pass. So it's, some, it's something I'm looking at doing. As I, as I refine the dialogue and really get the book into a, you know, a honed form.
1: So um, are you still open to backers on the project? The the funding side of it's
0: now closed. I've got enough money to do the editing. There isn't, I don't think at this stage, the realistic prospect of getting enough for the, what was going to be the next stretch goal, which was a, a custom cover. So I've closed it to backers for the time being, but I will be releasing the book, you know, through the usual channels. I'm planning to do a, you know, sort of a Kindle release and um, create space paperback. And I'll look at doing um, some of the other, you know, Nook and Barnes and Noble, I'll look at doing those. Uh, as time permits. So people will be able to get the book after it's released, but I'm, I'm not open to sort of backers at this stage.
1: Um, there's been a lot of interesting projects coming uh, off the back of things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Did you back any of them yourself?
0: I did. I backed several. Um, Commander Boz, his is closed uh, by the time I started. I backed about four or five of the other writers' projects and a couple of them on Indiegogo as well.
1: Was there any of them that you're particularly excited about? Intrigued by Drews, he's got a
0: again, he's gone for a fairly epic backdrop, you know, his kind of the the events around the Prism system and how he's gonna be using the, the sort of the localized events of that to, to raise tensions between the Federation and uh, the Imperium should be quite interesting to, to see how he pulls that off John's is intriguing because of the overlap with uh, mine and what he's doing with the Thargoid side of things so it'll be interesting to see what he does with that particular theme in his story Alan's is interesting because of the history um, Lave being such a pivotal place with m- many people having memories of that so I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do with that and how he's going to bring that to life. Kate's is going to be interesting because she's going for what sounds more like the comedy route I think think she'll have a plot and a story but she's really trying to put a a twist on it so hers should be good fun to read and again the anthology as well you've got lots of different writers different approaches, different stories and a very different format obviously because of the length so I think all of them have got merit and um, there are other projects as well of course but those are the ones that have have, have caught my attention so far.
1: The final question which we ask All The Writers is about uh, Elite Dangerous itself. Is there something that you've seen or something that you're looking forward to seeing in in the game universe?
0: My main thoughts about Elite Dangerous are just don't stuff it up. You read certain threads in the forums and you watch it on the DDF and you watch them going off and think if Frontier take it that way, they are going to lose what for me was some of the, the pivotal things that make Elite Elite and differentiated it from other games. So things like being open in where you can fly and choosing your destination and having a flight model, which is just really fun to fly that that leaves room for player skill. Uh, Those would be two of the things that I would really want to see carried forward into the game. The background setting and graphics they're nailing that that's all down and um, it'll be the subtler things that make the game for me a reworking after 25 years of what I played when I was 12 to 13 and that's what I really really want
1: so I guess you've been paying you know a lot of attention to the, the in-system travel and, and the instancing and that kind of stuff then
0: Not a lot of attention because, to be honest, writing has taken nearly all my spare time over the last five months. uh, Feeling very much March 2014 coming up quickly and wanting to kind of not dragged my feet I would have loved to have spent a lot more time on the DDF and the, the non-writers forums than I actually have but I've been I've been dipping in and out and sort of keeping an eye on things mostly with the topics that will affect um, how the book's going to play out you know sort of things like weapon development and ship development things like that Are you going to be involved in the alpha and the beta? I would love to spend hours in there just getting to grips with the game I think I'm going to be spending just enough time to get the feel of the ship and how they fly and the weapons I'm very much hoping that Frontier will be able to give the writers access to um, some of the developer tools so we might be able to set up scenes and instances that we can in the books I know that other games have had cheat codes and things in them sort of role playing games and uh, space strategy games have had so you could set up effectively set up battles and things and and ships with with the equipment that you need that's in the scene of your book and if I could do that it would make writing a lot easier Easier and also make uh, the book authentic in a way that it needs to be. Otherwise, it's going to be waiting for uh, sort of you know February, and I'll still be writing scenes because I haven't been able to manage to nail down what specifics in game are to reflect those in the book. So that's mainly what I'm going to be using the alpha and beta for. Obviously, if I find any bugs, I'll uh, I'll feedback to Frontier. But it's it's get using it as a benchmark for the writing.
1: A couple of weeks ago, there was that video which showed off the, the new composer, but most importantly, it showed. off some other gameplay engine. Did that help you at all in in in, in writing?
0: Yes, it did. It showed. What some of the potentials might be. At this stage in the writing, we need specifics. So, you know, if our ship's armed with a beam laser, we need to know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it's like when that hits shields. And there, Frontier is still in the process of, of nailing down the detail. It was very much an exciting taster of what's to come. Reassuring in many ways because the quality was very high and reassuring as well that I'll be able to use the game engine to get the details that I need. But in terms of actually what was shown in In that particular sequence, there was broad brushstrokes, you know, things like the hollow displays over, you know, for the ship controls, that kind of thing. But I'm I'm at the stage now where I need to be able to put in the real nitty gritty and that's still not quite there yet.
1: When's your estimated arrival of the book? I'm
0: pushing for March 2014. That's At this stage, that's as much as I can say. It can take me as long to edit a book as it can to actually write it. So I'm going to be um, probably squeezing the deadline, but hopefully we'll be there on time and with a, you know, with a good
1: quality book. Well, great stuff. Well, thanks for speaking to me, TJ, and uh, really looking forward to reading it.
0: Thanks, John. Thanks for hosting.